the, uh, the reading this morning is taken from James 4, 13 and 5 to 9. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is in sin for them. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay, the workers who moved your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of, the sl of slaughter, and you have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Yeah, powerful words. Thank you very much, Jude. And uh, getting towards the end of the book of James, which is pretty hard-hitting. It uh, doesn't mince his words. And can be quite challenging actually. Uh, when we lived in Welling Garden City, I had a friend called Mwanda. Mwanda was, uh, came to us uh, um, as a, actually he was an asylum seeker from the Democratic Republic of Congo and uh, he didn't speak a lot of English, we, we spoke French together. And uh, <clears throat> one day I was ch chatting to Mwanda and he said, do you know what, you should come back with me and we'll go back to um, DRC, his country. And he said, uh, we'll make a lot of money. And it was, he's kind of joking, but <clears throat> we'd make a lot of money if we went back. I said, how come? He said, well, my country is rich. <clears throat> and uh, he said, we have, we have gold. We have diamonds. We have copper. And we have cobalt. I said, what's cobalt? Never heard of it. Is, is it a mineral? He said, you know your mobile phone doesn't work without cobalt. There's massive demand for cobalt. And 70% of the world's cobalt is in the Democratic Republic of Congo. It's a massively rich country in terms of its minerals, but it's among the five poorest nations in the world. Something's not right there, is it? A lot of, well, most of the cobalt, as I understand it, goes to China, gets produced, and then goes into the stuff that we buy. 
And with the uh, emphasis, which we've absolutely got to do, you know, turn away from fossil fuels, go to more electric. You, want, you get your electric car, it's got a rechargeable battery. It'll have these minerals in it. Huge demand. As we go from 4G to 5G, those phones require 25% more cobalt. The demand is huge. Some people are making a lot of money, but some people aren't. Always been an issue over the years in this country. Rewind 200 years. Coal mines. Some people making a lot of money. The coal miners working in terrible conditions. James has harsh words for the people who are oppressing others, not paying the wages. The wages you fail to pay the workers in your fields, they're crying out against you. And these cries have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You know, in the book of Exodus, we're told that God heard the cries of the Hebrew slaves as they slaved away under the Egyptians, and then he sent Moses. This week, our government said that they've heard our cry. <laughs> they were listening. <laughs> and so they've done a U-turn. Because everybody cried out. In the midst of a cost of living crisis, energy crisis, and you're cutting the taxes for the richest. They heard the cries of their own MPs and, and the general public, and they changed. Well, God hears the cry for justice, actually. God hears the cry for justice. Do you know, there's lots of issues in the Bible which you can have different opinions on, but I've not met a Christian who can deny that God cares for the poor. <laughs> it's all over Scripture. God cares about justice. You read the prophets in the Old Testament. You read the Psalms. You read Proverbs. You read the words of Jesus. So much of his words about money. He talks about money. It's one of his favorite subjects. The Archbishop of Canterbury gets criticized sometimes if he criticizes policy, pol politicians. People say you should stick to the spiritual. And uh, the Pope, Pope Francis as well, he can get quite political. But if you read the Bible, it talks a lot about these things. It talks a lot about economics, doesn't it, Mr. Dr. Reverend, I mean, F Professor Davis? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist. But it does, doesn't it? It has a lot to say about these things. Now, what they used to do in the Old Testament, the, the prophets would say, they, they, they cry out against the rich nations, Babylon, Assyria. And they pronounce judgment against these nations. The truth is, though, uh, uh, these nations were probably never going to read the words of Isaiah or Amos or other prophets. The cry out against the rich oppressors was not actually for their benefit. It was actually to encourage the people of God. That God has heard your prayers and God cares about justice and they will get their comeuppance. So when it says here, listen you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. James is actually not addressing the church. He's addressing those who are oppressing the church. They're probably never going to read those words, but it would encourage 
his people. They will get their comeuppance. They will be judged. There's no chance for repentance. If you read through James, most of the book of James is basically a call to repentance, to mend your ways, to change. But there, there's no, there's no even chance for, for it. He quite enjoys it, doesn't he? You lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves on the day of slaughter. It's pretty tough words among the most tough words in the New Testament. What does it tell us? It tells us that God cares about justice. He hears the cry for justice. You might say, well, we're not rich oppressors. No, but we are consumers. And often I don't think about it, do I? But the stuff I buy drives the markets, doesn't it? And the more I buy, I talked about coal, but I could talk about coffee, talk about chocolate, talk about clothes, and other things beginning with C. <clears throat> Do you know, it's huge. The stuff we buy drives the markets. And I'm not trying to make us rack with guilt or the rest of it, but just worth thinking about. I, I heard about a dispatches program on Channel 4 a couple of years ago, and they said, you know, when you buy a coffee on the high street, let's say it's for £2.50, about 1p goes to the farmer. Maybe a bit more if it's fair trade. If you come here to Kingdom Cafe, it's a different story. <clears throat> These are t tough words and challenging words. But God cares about this. James shows us this, that God cares about these practical issues, how we spend our money. He cares about the justice for the poor. So it's easy to be a believer in church, but then to go home and be a bit of an atheist when it comes to spending my money. Oh, well, I'll just buy whatever I want to do. It's also easy to be a believer in church and then be a bit of an atheist when I come to my diary. I make my plans. I, I, I must, I'm, I'm speaking in the first person because I'm challenging myself here. But do I look at my diary, what's coming up, and say, Lord, this is your time. What do you want me to put in the diary? What do you want me to leave out of the diary? What have you got in store for me for the next few weeks? Is there enough space for me to hear what you're saying? Sometimes I can get busy doing the stuff, and I'm like, okay, I need to stop. James says, now you, who, who make your plans. Today, tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city. We'll, we'll spend a year there, carry on business, make money. He says, you don't even know what tomorrow holds. I was uh, talking to our new youth and children's worker, Nicola, and I said, oh, um, there's a chaplain at Kent College, um, the girls' school down the road. Uh, and I knew him because we prayed together because he'd been part-time chaplain at the hospice in the Weald. And I said, Nick, you should get in touch with him. He'd be a good guy to connect with. <clears throat> and I got a text later. She said, he's died. Uh, young guy, small children, young family. And I thought, I can't be right. Just saw him a few months ago. 
He got terminal cancer in the summer. Died last week. Big shock. So they haven't got a chaplain that they thought they were going to get at the school down the road. I'm not trying to make us insecure, but we don't know what tomorrow holds. Thank God that Ben is with the Lord. James, again, challenging stuff, but he says, you are a mist. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We are hugely valuable to God. Don't misunderstand this. But he's challenging us when we, we just think that I, we're in charge of everything. He says, instead you should say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this and do that. It's not about reciting a formula. It's about trusting God. Leaning not on our own understanding, as we said earlier. Yeah, I'm sure when the year 2020 came around, it was a huge gift to people who liked to have visions. Because you could say, well, let's have a 2020 vision. <laughs> <coughs> and then businesses and churches and various organizations will have a 2020 vision. But then what happened in 2020? Anyone remember? COVID. COVID. All our plans went out the window. We had to quickly recalibrate. Of course we've got to make plans. And if you're in business, of course you've got to make plans. But what have we got to do? We've got to hold them lightly. We say, I can make these plans, but I trust God along the way that he will guide. In the book of Acts, you know, they were, they were being led by the Holy Spirit. Paul and his companions, they're traveling in these different regions, but they were kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. They tried to go there, but the Holy Spirit said no. And they came to the border of Mycenae. They tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. They thought, well, go this way. Seems the right way. It seems logical. But God said no. So they passed by Mycenae, went down to Troas, and then during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready and off they went to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. They had their plans, but they didn't hold on to them so tightly and so like, right, nope, this is what we're doing. They were open to the Holy Spirit, and he had other ideas. What's the Holy Spirit's agenda for my life? What's the Holy Spirit's agenda for your life? Now, I read an email from one of my old college professors the other day, and he said, I'm, I'm approaching retirement. I wonder what God has in store. He's wondering what God has in store. What's he got in store for you? What's he got in store for me? Doesn't matter how old or young we are. He's got good works prepared in advance for those who trust in him. So it's about waiting for God. James says, be patient, brothers and sisters. The Lord is coming. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. He's the Lord of history.
is here right now. What's he saying? Holy Spirit's incredible. You know, sometimes I preach this sermon and someone will say, oh, that really spoke to me. And I think, I don't think I said that. God said it. <laughs> he has an amazing way of translating my waffle into something. <laughs> He's here right now. And I believe he wants to move among us powerfully. And I love the way he does it. Because it always confounds me. On Mondays, my day off, I was in Specsavers. Should have gone. <laughs> I did go. <clears throat> and I, I thought, need an eye test. Went there. A couple of guys walk in. One of them had sunglasses on. I said, oh, hurt my eye. Can you, can you help me? And the woman said, well, we can't really do anything. You need to go to the hospital. And they walked out. It's on Tunbridge High Street. And I thought, I need to pray for them. I thought, oh, it's my day off, you know, just. <laughs> and I, I sort of looked at some frames and I thought, nah. And I thought, I really should. And then I just went out, chased after them. <laughs> Didn't look weird at all. And then I, I went up and I said, I know this is going to sound weird, I'm a Christian, you know, but, you know, I heard you inspect, say, would you, I, you know, but, but I'll pray for you. And uh, he said, that's fine, that's fine. My mum's a Christian, he said. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I got, I'd work in construction, something in my eye. And uh, I prayed for them. Pray for him. But I don't know what happened. No contact after that. Just left it. I thought, well, okay. But I did feel, yeah, God just wants you to pray for these people. What is God's will for you and for me? What is his agenda for you and for me? He's incredible. He'll have things he's going to lay on your heart. It might be when you least expect it. So just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to prompt us, to lead us. Bless you, Lord. Might have laid on your heart like he did with Gail, to pray those prayers, your heart, a heart for justice. He cares about what we might write off as, oh, well, that's just a practical thing. No, 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 God cares about it. All, all the earth matters to God. Things we might say, see as trivial, God, these matter to God. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for how you're speaking. Thank you for how you're speaking to your people. Moving power, Lord. We declare the authority and the power of Jesus in this place. Yeah. Bless you, Lord. I thank you that your will for us is, is good. It's always the best plan. Always. We don't need to be afraid of you, Lord. Because you are good. Amen. Amen. So God is moving.
we're going to sing our final song and then after that just availability if you want to come up and share something uh, or I've got we can grab a handheld mic would that be alright and then I can come to you with that as well uh, but let's stand and sing we're going to sing about God of justice I think <laughs>